good to see you. Please turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11. How many of you have ever had to face your fears with something? I'm really scared, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, there was a, there was a place at Inks Lake. Oh, there we can actually swim across the channel and jump off these off the rocks into the water. I remember as a kid, we were so excited to do it. But when you get up there, it looks a lot higher from up there than it does from the water. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, that's one thing I had to do when facing my fears. And sometimes you just have to do it, you know. Sometimes you just got to do it anyway. And so we're going to be talking this morning about Abraham part one, faith to go. And so uh, it's going to be, there's because there's two sections on Abraham in here, but he's divided. He's divided up. And so we're going to take the first one and then it'll be a couple weeks before we get to the next one. So we're going to be in Hebrews again, chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived where he was going. I'm sorry. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, His architect and builder is God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and ask that you'll speak to us this morning. As we travel through these verses and we see, looking back, what you had done in Abram's life or Abraham's life. And I pray that you will help us to have that same vision and that same faith. And Father, I pray that that we'll have the faith to go just as he did. And so we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, as we travel these verses, we're, you're going to see and we're going to discover Abraham's obedience. We're going to see his, uh, his life. And then we're going to see his vision. And so we begin with Abraham's obedience. We're told that by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called. And so Abraham had a calling from God. God had spoken to him about what he wanted him to do, just like he does with us today. It's not a strange thing. Everybody wants to know what their calling is. I think a lot of it is when we start to take God's word and begin to apply it to our life where it says, I want you to do this and I want you to do this. And we start to do those things. Then God begins to speak and he's more specific to us because he sees us being obedient and prioritizing him in our life and not just not just um, having him as a sideline or as him as, boy, I hope this is my fire insurance. You know, there's no insurance salesmen that relate to heaven. That's not how it works. Um, it's more than, you know, it's so funny. It's more than just believing and just say, well, I believe in God. Well, a lot of people believe in God. Even the, even the demons believe and they tremble. It's about having that faith and that turning your life over to Christ, having that moment where you say, I put my faith and trust in you, and he saved you in Abraham, and that's our expression of faith by our response. Abraham 
is living that here. He's living that out. He was called, or he was instructed by God. His obedience was the attitudes and actions that he took in response to what God had told him. So God said it, he did it. You know, there used to be a bumper sticker, God said it, I agree, that settles it. And you know what? That was a terrible bumper sticker. God said it, that settles it, whether I agree or not. This isn't about whether I agree with God. I mean, how many things that God has said in his word do you not agree with? <laughs> or you wish were different? I don't have to agree with him, but I'm wrong when I don't. And that's the bottom line. And so he was called and he had obedience and he had faith. And it's faith that trusts the, that the trust that results in following. And see, that's what the faith is here. He trusted God so much that he said yes and he followed. And it's so easy to engage God or study his word, get into the minutia of all the things that are taught in God's word and never make any application. Never let it change how you live. Never let it say, never say where God is my priority and everything falls under his leadership. See, that's what faith, that's what real faith is. It's not, it's not a, a game where we try to game God or we try to become a better person. It's about walking with God. We see that from Enoch. We learned that from Enoch. So that he walked with God and was no more. And so what actions did Abraham take? Well, God told him and he did it. He went to a place. He was to receive his inheritance with no idea where he's going. God said, get up and go to a place that I'll show you. And Abraham got up and went. So he was, from what we understand of Abram's life back in the day, he was a rich man. They had lots of cattle. His, and his brothers and sisters had this lot there was with him and had family. And his father was ill. And God showed up at the most inopportune moment <laughs> and said, I want you to do this. And I think that's some of what our challenge is today is we want to follow God when it's convenient, not when it's inconvenient. Here his dad is sick and he wants him to leave. He wants him to leave, you know, and he's like, I, I don't know that I can do that. He didn't say that. It said that when God spoke, he did it. And I think that that's a good rule for us. So he obeyed without having all the information. Has God ever asked you to do something that he didn't give you the details, all the details? Has he ever said, you know, I need you to do this or I want you to do this? And then you come up with this list of, well, what about, this is our what abouts list. What about all this stuff? What am I supposed to do about this is going to affect this and this? Has he ever asked you to do something where you didn't see the resources, you didn't have them? Has he ever asked you to do something where you were apprehensive because of the relationship? Because of other things that are going on in your life? 
The question is, how did we respond to that? How did you respond? How did I respond? You know, there's times that I've responded well. There's times I haven't responded well. I've missed opportunities. And then there's times that we just knew it was God and we were going. We did what he asked us to do. And so, that's what was going on. But I want to jump back for a minute. And I want you to, I want to read the verses out of Genesis 12. Where we can see the exchange between the Lord and Abraham. Well, he whose name was Abram, who became Abraham. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, and from your relatives, and from your father's house, to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And so you will be a blessing, or so, so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So, Abraham went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And so, this, he, he's uh, 75, and he's being told to, to get up and go. And his father's still alive. And when God told him this, he did it. He obeyed. And so Abraham went forth as the Lord spoke to him. What a good example of simple faith. We don't have to figure it all out to obey God. If God says it, just do it. This isn't a Nike commercial. But just do it. Just do whatever God says. It's that simple. We want to make it complicated. We want, we want God to give us the ride and to make sure the gas tank is full. And we want to make sure that we want to get the map and have God give us the GPS coordinates where we're headed. Um, what's going to be there when I get there. I want to make sure that we're taking... Listen, God created this world into existence by just his word. We don't need the details. We need God. <laughs> and if we have him and he's speaking to us, just do it. Just do it. He's a good example of faith. What if, oh, what if, just us, what if we just said, God, whatever you tell us, we're going to do it? How would our life change? How many of you, how many of you are a little bit nervous with that because God may ask you to do something you're uncomfortable with? <laughs> Right? I've got news for you. You will be uncomfortable with it. Because if you're comfortable with it, you're going to rely on yourself instead of Him. And then faith is gone. God never calls us to rely on ourselves, ever. Matter of fact, He strips things out of our life so that we don't rely on ourselves. And so when that happens, 
We learn to rely on Him when we don't have all the answers. You ever been there? That's the point. And so we see Abraham's obedience. But I want you to see, there's something really cool here that I think gets missed in this lesson a lot that I, that I believe that the Lord showed me. And so if you've never seen this before, that's way cool because it's from God, I think. We're going to look at Abraham's life in verse 9. It says, by faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise. But when he got there, he lived as an alien. He didn't live as a resident. He lived as an alien. You know, he didn't show up in his spaceship. Not that kind of alien. But he lived as an alien. Now God, what did God told him? Go into a land that I'm going to give you. That was his land. But he shows up. And instead of taking possession, he lives as an alien. This is, a, I mean, this, believe it or not, this is a significant. Watch how this plays out. All God told him to do was go there, and He would give it to him as a promise. And He did only what God told him. He didn't do anything more. He went. We have a tendency, when God tells us something, that now we have the instructions, we're going to go make what God told us happen. You ever been there? Where you feel led by God, so now I'm going to, do, I'm going to lay all these plans out, and I'm going to put it down, unless, and so that I'm being obedient to God because He showed me. Instead of saying, what does He show me, and what am I supposed to do? What is my role? And you leave it there. And it's so easy to get overwhelmed and burdened when you're trying to do God's job. I will tell you, you will be exhausted doing God's job. Because you're not enough and neither am I. God's enough. We need to let him do that part. So he lived in tents as in a foreign land with his boys Isaac and Jacob. Now watch this. Imagine for just a moment, this guy shows up with his boys and this entourage comes into the land that you think is your land. You don't have any idea that God has told him he's going to give it to him as a promise. This guy shows up and starts erecting a home there on land you think is yours. That would have created a problem, wouldn't it? But he's staying in tents. They see him as a passerby. So there's no conflict that's created because he didn't get ahead of God. Sometimes the conflict that gets created is because we get ahead of God. I think this is significant. The will, his willingness to live only in what he was told and to not jump ahead. And so there's a couple things. Staying in a tent did not draw attention to his presence to the inhabitants of the land. They're like, oh yeah, he's passing through, he's a visitor. He's living as an alien. Staying in a tent demonstrated he was waiting on God to deliver on his promise. He never grabbed God's promises. He let God deliver them. 
He let God deliver on what God said God was going to do. He didn't grab hold of it. See, I'm not sure that we're called to grab hold of the promises of God. I think we're called to grab hold of God. And with Him come the promises. As He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. So we get it wrong. We want all the things of God, but we don't want God. We want the stuff and things, but not the person. And so it's important that we learn how to live. That we live a life of faith. That we don't have to have all the answers all the time. That we can be comfortable being where we are. Because God told us to be there. Whether he's given all the answers or not. That can be an uncomfortable place. For all my control freaks out there. Right? But you don't understand God. I've got to have this and this and this. This isn't right. You would never tell me to do something. And not give me everything. Let me tell you something. I don't care how much you know, you don't ever have all the information. We can't contain all the information in finite minds. I'm glad, honestly, I'm glad I don't know what's going to happen in all the days of my life. Can you imagine if, some, if God showed you that? You knew exactly what day you were going to die, you knew how it was going to be, you'd be able to see all your family around. You know the process. You see some of the great joys that are coming and some of the anguish. I think what we would try to do is avoid it and change it, right? We try to say, well, because we know better than God. <laughs> and so Abraham's life was one of simple faith, doing what God said, trusting God with the results, whether they turned out to his favor or not. Are we willing to trust God no matter what the results are? You know, I think of my missionary friend's son who prayed. He said, Lord, I'll give my life for you. And the Lord told him, you will give your life for me. How'd you like to hear that one? Who wants to hear that advanced knowledge? But he did. He was a teenager. He died of bubonic plague. They were treating it as pneumonia. <laughs> he contracted it overseas. But his life of faith speaks today. That's what speaks, ladies and gentlemen. Not the cool ideas you come up with. Living a life of faith. Sold out because Jesus is your God. That's what speaks. Not having all the I's dotted and T's crossed. Let God handle that. <coughs> and trust Him. But we see something else. This is so interesting to me. It was kind of blowing me away as I was studying this. As we move into Abraham's vision in verse 10. 
what did God tell Abraham? Go into a land that I will show you. And it'll be for a promise, right? That's all God told him. But what's going on here? In verse 10 then. So Abraham was living in the promised land in a tent looking for a city that God would build. So there's things that God showed him that aren't recorded in this passage. Otherwise, how did he know that? So Abraham's vision was into the future beyond the present. See, we only see kind of the present. We see our present circumstances. We see what's happening to us now. And whether we think that's good or bad or whether it's, it's pressing us or whether it's freeing us. And we, we rate it based upon how it makes us feel. It's good if it makes us feel relieved and relaxed and comfortable and, and I'm glad that's behind me. And we feel bad if it's, if it's stressing me out, if I'm not sure how to handle it, if it's on my last nerve. And we rank things as good or bad based upon that instead of seeing the future. We see the immediate. We see, we walk with blinders on. I think there's a verse that talks about that. But Abraham didn't because he had had this encounter with God. The city Abraham was looking for, based on this description, was the New Jerusalem. We know that God is the architect and that he builds the foundation. When does that come? When does the new Jerusalem come? That comes after the great right throne judgment. That comes at the end of time. When heaven and earth flee away and everybody stands before God and he judges them. Or I say everybody, all of those who are lost go to the great white throne. Christians don't, don't go to the great white throne judgment. Where's Jeannie? When we need to do a thing on last times. Jeannie has my list running. Of how that unfolds. I did that early. I did that like 10, 10 years ago. Maybe 11 years ago. Where we laid out the how things will unfold. The unfolding. And so the great white throne is not for us. The Bema Seat of Christ is for us. That's where our judgment is. We don't face the sheep and goats judgment either. Because we're, we're pre-rapture. At least we hope. <laughs> and so, Abraham saw this. How did he know about the New Jerusalem? Well, God had to have told him. Isn't it interesting... That he was not looking for God to deliver the land. God said, go to a land I'll show you. And I will give it to you as a promise. But he wasn't looking for that. He was looking for the new Jerusalem. Does this seem crazy to anybody but me? That didn't make sense. Except for the fact. That what's different about the land he's going into versus the new Jerusalem the presence of God. 
He was looking to be in the presence of God. He was looking for that city one day. A lot of people talk about the promised land as a type of heaven. You ever heard that one before? Y'all ever heard that? I'm going to tell you something. The promised land is not a type of heaven. It is not. There are no giants in heaven that we have to overcome. There's no trials and temptations in heaven. The promised land is a type of today. (laughs) But we have the promises of God. We have to live in them. Seeing the big picture of what God is up to is more in line with seeking God than just seeking how things affect us. I've started to think about that with my prayer life. It's mostly about how things affect me. So I really want God to serve me in how life, instead of me saying, you know, Lord, no matter what happens, if my whole life goes to pot, but I'm in line with you, so be it. Aren't you glad you came today? (laughs) Because it's not about me. about him I need to be praying that his kingdom come that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven you know in in heaven the will of God just happens at the thought of God just happens that's the way it should be here I need to align with him so much that I see what he's up to and I just fall right in the line That's where walking in faith comes in. And so our vision should be for the fulfillment of God's kingdom. Not necessarily how God's plans affect or benefit us. Maybe we need to change our vision, folks. You know, there was a, I can't remember, this song came out about a year ago. Where I think it was um, the guys who did the movie. I can only imagine. Uh, Casting crowns, right? Mercy me, sorry. Mercy Me it's a song about a legacy and they said don't let me leave a legacy let my legacy be Jesus Christ because it's not about us leaving a legacy we think about that oh having a legacy of this or legacy of that if God points that out to other people it's because of the faith Why would I want to be exalted instead of exalting him with my life? Self-centered. And so, what do we learn from this passage on Abraham? There should not be one, there should not be any qualifying factors to our obedience to God. I don't have to agree with him. God tells me something, I need to do it. Understanding. I don't have to understand it. It doesn't have to be to my benefit for me to do it and to participate. If God says it, we ought to do it. Period. Period. 
Have you ever just done that? Have you ever opened the Bible and said, God, if you show me something here, I'm going to do it. If you speak to me, I'm going to do it. I think if we could adopt that, it would transform us. And if we could give that away, where do you think God's going to send his people? Because God prefers obedience over sacrifice. I'd be willing to do it. I'd, I'd do it. I'd do it. Y'all ready? In your bulletin there's a little card, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I'd want to be a part of that group. Because this world we're passing, you know, how many of you realize that life is short? <laughs> Right? You remember when you were like 15, wait, can't wait till I'm 16 so I could drive, so I could go to the mall? Why does every kid think that? I don't know why, but we do. And it seems like yesterday, and then in a breath, it's gone. And you wake up and things creak and crack, and you're like, what was that popping sound? And you just walk in, yeah. <clears throat> Out of nowhere. You didn't even do anything. Oh, Terry and I were hanging out with some 30-year-olds. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Is it yesterday or Friday? Friday. And we were standing around and they were talking. And uh, they were talking about, I can't remember what it was, but it came up. And I said, wait till y'all turn 40. And all of a sudden you need glasses. And then that you never needed glasses before. It's just part of the journey just part of it. It's just, it's over so fast. And we need to take our opportunity. If God says it, man, let's do it. We only have so much time and it's short. It's really short. Two, God doesn't need your help to accomplish what he tells us he's going to do. All he wants is for us to be in position to receive the blessings <laughs> of the works of his hands. He was going to bless Abraham with possession of that land, but he needed to get Abraham there. And so he said, Abraham, go. And Abraham said, okay, I'll go. He didn't argue with God. He didn't say, this isn't a good time. He didn't say, God, what about my retirement? I'll tell you, everybody I know that's retired tells me they work harder once they're retired than they did when they were working <laughs> Well, at least one person I know. <laughs> I don't see anywhere that we retire from God. Ever. My, I mean, maybe our retirement needs to be our home in heaven. We work to our last breath. He doesn't need our help. When God shows us something, it becomes something to watch for, not something to pursue. <clears throat> we pursue Him, not the thing. Three, our goal should not be to leave a legacy. Our goal should be to embrace God and cause others around us to do the same. It's not about us, it's about Him. 
Why would I want to create a name for myself that draws attention to me? I need to draw attention to him, right? And everything I do, if I pass away as a vapor and other people are close to him and they're walking with him and they see him and they're communicating with him, they have a relationship with him and my name fades away, that's a good thing. Because it's not about me. You know, it's really interesting is reading the story of this guy. This was a young man. He was in in this group of people. And he was giving himself props. You know, some people will do that, right? So he's giving himself props and he's saying, I'm wise. He's telling people how wise he was because he's conversed with all these wise men. And a truly wise man stood up and he said, and this is what he said. I too have conversed with many rich men, but I'm not rich. So the point is, talk is cheap, folks. We can say we love God. We can say we want to follow. We can say that we're Christians. We can say all that stuff. It's easy to say that. But talk is cheap. Do you want to truly follow him? And if that's true, do it. Do it. Tell him. Whatever you show me, I'll do it. And when he shows you something, even if it's hard, do it. Do whatever his book says, do it. His book, I don't know how he does this, but no matter where you're reading, it seems to apply to exactly what's going on right then. Only God can do that. It's like he knows. Of course he knows. We have to move from talking about a relationship with God, from talking about how awesome he is, from talking about these things, to following his leading. He's challenged me in that recently. And so I'm going to start doing what he's told me. He began speaking to me about things here. And I'll be sharing that with with some of you because it's going to affect some of you. But I can't not obey. We have to we have to follow. And the question is, what has God asked you to do? And have you done it? It might be healing of a relationship. Remember a few weeks back I told you that I called somebody that God had been speaking to me about for a year? You know what his first comment to me was? Well, hello, this is a blast from the past. And we had a wonderful conversation. Because God had already been there ahead of me. He just wanted me to make the call. And I did. I'm going to tell you something. God knows what's best. And if you don't trust him, you're going to miss out. You're going to, you're always going to be in the same thing of learning. You're going to see him at a distance. 
he'll be there and you'll be learning facts about God. But you're going to never engage him on the ground, on the playing field, where it counts. And I'm going to tell you something. The enemy will do everything to destroy that. Because he doesn't want people being obedient. Because that speaks to the world that God is true. And they get to see him do his thing instead of you do something for him. The world is crying out to see a God that's real these days. They see a lot of hype and pomp and circumstance and big mega things going on all over that have all kinds of money and think that that's what it's all about. And we're a success because of these numbers. Let me tell you something. We are a success if we do what God has told us to do. Bottom line, period. The results are up to Him. Why don't we look for a city whose foundations? Why don't we look for the return of Christ? Why don't we say, I can't wait? Why don't we get torn because we have people that we love that are lost? And yet we want Jesus to come. Why don't we live that way? We live in a world of ease and entertainment. What's the next TV show or the movie or what can we do? I'm bored. You ever said that, man? I'm bored. I want to do something. When you've been bored, have you ever asked God what maybe what he wants you to do? Well, I don't want to do that. I want to do something fun. Come on, I know. You guys think I don't know. I know. I live there too. I'm well acquainted with all this. This doesn't just happen to you. I'm not some super spiritual individual. Ask Terry. <laughs> She'll tell you. But I want to seek on my knees with people who want to be in love or are in love or are seeking to be in love with Jesus. In a place where God would walk in and dwell in fellowship with his people. Where his presence and the power of God is expressed daily. And we can't help but let the world see it. Where we're overwhelmed by him. Instead of letting the world overwhelm us. That's the way it ought to be. So do we have faith or do we have faith to go? Are you willing to go? Because the train's about to pull out. The question is, are you going to get on or off? I want to be on this train. Let's everybody bow their head and close their eyes.